what you do here at Faith Church. So much is going on. I just want to say good morning. Welcome again to Faith Church. If you don't know me, if it's your first time with us uh, here today, my name is Ronnie Pogue. I'm one of the pastors here. And I just hope that you had a very Merry Christmas. I hope Santa Claus brought you everything that your heart desired. I want to welcome those that are watching online. You know, we have a guy, uh, he's actually our lead pastor, Steve Husky, his family. They're somewhere in the vicinity of Akron, Ohio. Can we just welcome them real quick into the service? Yeah. There's absolutely nobody here that's missing him any more than me this morning. I can tell you that, but it's great to be with you again. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas season. Uh, I brought good news and bad news with that kind of closing out Christmas. I mean, the bad news is that it's, it's over, but the good news is, is that we've got a full year to pay off our credit cards. <laughs> or, or maybe it's the good news is that it's over. And the bad news is that we've only got a year to pay off our credit cards. So anyway, I was just uh, talking with Pastor about sharing today. Great opportunity uh, to be up here and just to, just to be with you guys for a few minutes and uh, just, you know, come in and share a little bit of what God lays on my heart. And he actually laid a message on my heart to really get us really amped up and fired up for 2016. I presented that idea to Pastor Steve and he said, nope. It's not a great idea at all. I said, well, man, I'm going to get everybody fired up for 16. He said, you can't do that. I said, why? He said, because I'm going to be talking about 2016. I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just maybe just really get them cranked up to finish out 2015. He said, I think that's a great idea. And, you know, in a strange kind of way, I felt like I won that conversation. Because you don't win many around him, but it's great. We miss him. We know he's going to be back. He's got a great series starting up uh, for next week. So instead of moving into 2016, I think the goal for today is really to close out 2015, you know, tie up some loose ends and finish it out the right way. Now, I know a lot of you have been in a lot of meetings through your life, and I've been through and suffered through quite a few meetings, because meetings, you know, usually when all is said and nothing is done, then the meeting's usually over. That's the way it works. But like any meeting that you're in, you really can't move on to the new business at hand until you close out the old business. So today, to close this thing out, I was going to talk about a subject, a topic. It's not really that easy to talk about. It's really kind of hard, but it's almost necessary. And it's a one-word topic, and the subject is reconciliation. You know, that, that word has several meanings. One of the meanings is it's an accounting word, and it simply means for us to cover our debts. And so today, I've titled this thing, and we'll talk for just a few minutes on, it's up here on our screen, Balancing the Books. Now, my parents have, have, have gone on to be with the Lord several years now. I've still got the house that uh, I grew up in. I rented out. I've been renting it out for a few years. I had somebody move out a little over a year ago. And you know, uh, when you go in that first time to see kind of what's taking place after the renters have left, you know, you walk in and you're almost, you almost want to walk in with your eyes closed. Well, I walked in and looked around and it, it really didn't look too awful bad on the inside. But when I looked up, I saw several water spots up in the ceiling. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, sure enough, I, 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 had, to, I had to replace a roof. 
And uh, so I called a good friend of mine. He's a contractor. I trust him. Uh, one of the best guys I know. He said, man, I got, the, I got the greatest roofer in North Alabama. I said, well, just bring him on. He said, well, you want to get uh, some quotes? He said, I said, man, if you, know, if you trust him, uh, let's do this thing. Let's get it done so we can start on some of the other work. So he got the roofer over. Uh, we picked out, actually my wife picked out this beautiful color for the roof. I mean, that's a, you know, you got to have that, this beautiful, amazing color for the roof. Uh, she picked it out. They got started. Uh, about half a day in, I got a phone call uh, from a contractor, and he said, you're not going to believe this. You know, and that's the one thing you don't want to hear from your contractor. You're not going to believe this. He said, man, they've got about half the roof up, but it's the wrong color. It's like, oh, my goodness. He said, look, y'all come take a look at it this afternoon. If you want, we'll get them to rip it all off. We'll put that right roof in, the right color on it. We'll get it straightened out. So we rode by, and, I mean, it was a roof for me. It was a roof. And actually, my wife was kind of okay with the color, and so we said, hey, just you guys go ahead and finish it up. And so I called the roofer and told him. He said, look, man, I'll make it up to you. Uh, you know, and I said, well, I'll tell you what we can do. I've got a little small leak over at my house, and I don't really know where it's coming from. Man, if you could fix that, it'll probably take care of this, you know, little problem we've got. He said, we got that, no problem. He said, we'll do it, no problem. So anyway, a week goes by, a couple of weeks go by, months, two goes by. The, the new roof's on, the rent house. Uh, I'm waiting for a heavy rain. It rains hard. I don't see any leaks in my house. So I, I called the contractor and I said, well, I guess, you know, he'd come over here and patch my roof and I guess we're good. And he said, well, he'll send you a bill, you know. And I actually saw the guy out, the roofer out. And I said, hey, man, everything looks good. He said, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a bill. So time just kept passing and passing and passing. I'm thinking, is this guy ever going to send me a bill for this roof? And lo and behold, about nine months after the roof was on, I get a bill in the mail. And I call him up and I said, man, I I got your bill. And he said, yeah, you know the funny part about that bill? He said, I almost missed it until we balanced our books. And the balancing of his books required some hurt and some repayment on my part. Because here's the thing about balancing the books. Your checkbook, our checkbook, has to equal up to what's in our bank account. And by the time this guy waited nine months to get me that bill, my checkbook was not balancing out with my bank account. So it brought on a little bit of pain to get him paid off. But here's another definition for that word reconciliation. You know, it's a, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a word that it's more one-on-one, it's more about people. And that definition is that restoring, the, the, the reconciliation is restoring a relationship after conflict. Restoring a relationship after conflict. Man, how many of you know, and I don't know if you've ever done that. I mean, I used to get beat up a, a lot as a little kid because I was a little scrawny kid. And I didn't have any problem trying to restore those relationships with those guys that were beating me up. Okay, I wanted to be their friend where they would keep beating on me. But all of us in some point in our time, we've got these situations, these relationships, and they come after conflict, and they're not easy to mend. And it's usually not comfortable to step into those situations. But most of the time, it's necessary to get us to the place that God wants us to go. And the balance for us is this. Man, you don't have to drag that garbage around. 
You can let it go. You don't have to drag it year after year after year. The situations that didn't turn out exactly like you wanted them to, the relationships that got hurt along the way. And if we get real honest, we look in those times and those places that we've been in, the common denominator, it's us. It's us. And here's what's crazy and strange is that these fences that are broken down along the way, there's somebody on the other side that's looking at it the same way that we are. And they're like, well, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't break this thing down. You know, I, I didn't create, I didn't make this mess. And we're on the other side saying the very same thing. I didn't make this mess. And we're both like trying to weigh who's going to ever try to fix this situation. It's kind of like I found this story about these four people. And they all had the same last name in common. Their last name was Body. And they had one important job, and it was just to make things right. And their names were everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody. And so they started out on this project, and everybody was sure that somebody would fix it. But anybody could have done it. But nobody did it. So then somebody got mad about it because it was everybody's job to fix it. But everybody thought, well, anybody's going to do it. But nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. And it ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have done. And isn't that the way it is with reconciliation? I mean, anybody could possibly fix it, but nobody is wanting to make the first move. And they're never going to get fixed unless somebody swallows some pride, figures out there's two main words, I'm sorry, and make the first move. And we surely hope that it's them. And on the other side of that fence, they are surely hoping it's us, and all the time the fence remains broken. And for us, you know, we can make all the right excuses. You know, they don't care. They don't care anything about me. You know, they never would come and try to restore this with me. But here's why this is so necessary. It's for our conscious sake. Because it can get rid of things that totally drag us down. It can get rid of guilt. It can take care of doubt. But even more important than that, I mean, if we are truly Christians, I mean, if we are truly striving to be this follower of this man named Jesus, then it's necessary for Christ's sake. You know, uh, the Apostle Paul, and if you hadn't been in church much, you know, if you pick up a New Testament, you'll figure out and find out this guy wrote the majority of the New Testament, and he was not a good guy. Matter of fact, he was a murderer. He had persecuted Christians, but God had radically changed him in a way that his entire life was sold out to carrying on the gospel. And everywhere he went, he went with this message in a strong way. And he had this young guy named Timothy, 
And he was mentoring him up because he knew he was going to be pastoring this huge church. And he didn't know if he was ready, but he wanted to teach him the importance of reconciliation. So Paul's talking to Timothy here, and here's what he tells him in 1 Timothy. And here's why it's so important. Because number one, this is good and pleases God, our Savior. Hopefully that's the passion of our heart. And it goes on. He says, God wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is one God, one mediator, who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. And then it goes on. Because he gave his life to purchase freedom. Now think about that. He gave his life so that we could be free. Man, from all of this strife, from all these situations, from all this brokenness, he gave his very life for all of us for freedom. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. You know, I was really concerned about this message and this word and bringing it, but uh, just through the first service and into this second service and through worship, you know, we've just been singing about grace and about grace and the one thing that just kept coming up was about restoration. And I had absolutely no clue they would be showing this restoration rant. But isn't that why we're here? I mean, isn't that what it's all about for us to show up? And wouldn't it be great, you know, that, that if we could just push this button and all of these relational things that have gone bad and, 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 and all of our walk, and we could just hit the delete button? I mean, wouldn't that be great? You know, isn't that what happens when you get that email you don't want to see? Isn't it so easy? Just hit delete. Or wouldn't it be great if we could just hit backspace and just take it out like it never really happened? But here's, here's what's so important. And here's why it's just necessary to work through it. Because it's so emotional. And man, it hurts us in our heart. It hurts us to our very core. And we can go over it in our head, and we've probably done this over and over. We've had a situation gone bad, and man, we, we, we make all the right excuses. Uh, we, 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 with this person or whomever, and we get all the words right, and they step and say, you know what? You're right. And we're thinking, well, I knew that all along. And then, you know, you just keep talking and explaining. Next thing you know, they apologize. And you're thinking, well, they, they knew I was right. And they're just confirming it. And then you walk away, and this relationship's restored, and everything's all good. And in reality, you know that it almost never happens that way. And it never has a chance to happen unless somebody makes the first move. You know, I was thinking about this. Last week, we had this really incredible Christmas service. Uh, all those people came in, so many visitors here, great way to just present the good news in, a, in just a, an awesome kind of way, you know, and, and we love all the songs, and actually I was, uh, got an idea for this message when I was standing over there by that door, I had, at that time, there was that guy named, what was his name, Han Solo, he was over there with that big hairy guy, Chewbacca, and we were fixing to come out, and, and I was really listening for a cue. And I, and I heard this song, and Archie and him doing this Christmas carol medley, and I, this one verse just stood out for me. It said, peace on earth and mercy mild. What it was all about was God and sinners 
being reconciled. And I just thought, man, that is so incredible. I mean, we can come in here and celebrate the birth of a Savior. You know, and it's actually the reason for the season. It's why we're here. It's why we celebrate. And I just felt like God uh, was asking me, what, what does that really mean to you? I mean, it's great to celebrate, but what's the actual result? For Christ to walk for 33 years and have a three-and-a-half-year ministry where he, he and 12 guys changed the world, he made a way. He made a way for God and sinners to be reconciled. But God just kept pouring it on my heart. I mean, what, is he, what does he want from me? God, I'm so amazed by what you did, but what do you want from me? And it just felt like he said, I want the same thing. I want reconciliation. And it's so exciting when we think about the God and sinner reconciled. But you've got to hear this. What pleases God also is when sinner and sinner are reconciled. And then the tension starts about that. And it's like, well, Lord, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I've got a past, Lord. I mean, you, you remember what I look like. You remember, you remember that little rescue guy that you took out of that big black hole. And you know, you don't know how people have hurt me. And you don't know how I've hurt them. And God, I just don't know. But here's what I did know. I knew that I gave God a lot of reasons not to balance my books. And what I never knew because I didn't raise, wasn't raised up in a church. I didn't know anything about the good news. Occasionally, I might get drugged in a church by a grandparent or something, but very disinterested. And I never knew the cost. The cost that was given to purchase that freedom. And so for me, I just felt like, man, it's more than a letter. <laughs> It's more than some simple card I can send out. It's more than even an awkward conversation that might be required. It's a life. And it's his life given for mine, and he's asking for my life to be given for others. And the tension builds for us when it becomes sinner and sinner because it's too much to pay. And there's risk involved. And it's awkward and it's messy. And I might get hurt. Or I might hurt someone even more. Can I just go away? Can I just bury this thing? I know a lot of you who are in this church and maybe you don't know, but, uh, you know, I've got, I've got two older kids. Um, I've got a beautiful family here that's God given me. I've got two older kids that are 35 and 29. I've got three beautiful grandkids. But man, very young in a, in a marriage. Uh, I was a kid that was just really selfish and self-centered. And I allowed sin to separate and sever those relationships. For a couple, three years, God let me just go my way and have my way. And when he found me and he saved me, Man, my goal in life was to put these relationships back together. 
And I didn't know it was going to cost me my life. Because a lot of times when fences like that are broken, man, they're hard to fix back because they get hurt again or they get broke down again. You just have to keep building. You have to keep loving. And you have to remember the grace that God gave you in all of those situations. And I don't know who this reconciliation is for today, but I know it's for somebody. Because the truth is, it's just too big an issue to bury. You know, and Paul wrote about the issue again 20 years after Christ was resurrected. And he wrote to the church at Colossus and he talks about the importance of balancing these books. In Colossians 1, he says, For God in all his fullness, I mean all his divinity, all his holiness, God, it was pleased to come and live and to pour out in the Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything. So there's a hope that God reconciled everything to himself. And here's a result of hope. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. He made everything possible, but it came at a very high cost. This includes you. It included me who had ran so far away and was so far away from God that I was an enemy, separated from him by evil thoughts and actions. And I don't know if anybody else has ever been there, but you know when you're separated and your life's out of control and it feels like there's no hope. But God gives this man, this man named Jesus, and he's able to do, and everything's possible, the reconciliation, to make that peace by his shed blood. And then he gets personal when he talks about being far away. And he says, yet now, he's reconciled you through the death of Christ in his physical body. And you're thinking, man, that's awesome. But the thing we don't realize, and the thing we're so easy to forget is that when we, in the eyes of God, when we mistreat him and we mistreat others, we truly are mistreating him. And now we come to a verse like that and we're thinking, well, you know, God, this is, this is pretty cool. I mean, you, you made this way to make us holy, make us blameless, give us freedom. And we're like, that's awesome, God. This is our leverage. We take a verse like this and we use it all the time. It's like, Lord, we're good. We're good. And this is an anytime verse. You know, anytime that we need help, anytime that we fail, anytime that we hurt somebody else, we assume that Jesus just makes it all right. That Jesus has got this for us. And we assumed that through his death, this reconciliation... And he'll take away everything that separates us from God, which is true. But he doesn't reconcile us with those around you. He doesn't reconcile us with those that have hurt us or maybe 
that we've heard. And here's the question, you can't miss this. And here's what I ask myself. Have I learned anything from what Jesus did? Or am I just taking the grace and the gift and walking away? How about the others that are left behind? Because we assume that because of his sacrifice and we're right with God, that it really doesn't matter about all these other things that we're walking away from, all the people that are out there. But Jesus didn't teach that. Sure, he makes us right, but he was talking about sacrifice. He was talking about bringing an offering and our offering to God. And he taught about it in this way in Matthew chapter 5. So if you're presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come back and offer your sacrifice. So we know we're reconciled this way. God's wanting us to reconcile this way and balance the book. Say, we're really cool. I'm really cool. We're all really cool with this, that God and sinner through Jesus has been reconciled. Here's where the tensions, here's where we resist. When it's sinner and sinner, and it takes our sacrifice. And who are the sinner and sinner? Well, I'm quite sure it's probably every beating heart in this room. And in this season that we're just coming out of, and in the new season that we're just going into, we celebrate the Savior that was born. We celebrate the gift and the gifts that have been given to us that make things right. God made it right with all humanity, yet we struggle. We struggle to do this. We struggle to learn how to demonstrate what we celebrate. It's hard. It's hard. And it's easy for God and take the look at the opportunity he gives us and he makes that sacrifice. And as we get closer to this new challenge, the question is this, will we learn how? Will we be open to demonstrate what we celebrate? Will this be the year that we think about making that call? Will this be the year that we send that card? Will this be the year that we have that awkward conversation that we've been thinking about and wanting to do for so long? We think about it. We think about it. We think about it. And another year is gone. The question is, what would it be like if we were really willing to demonstrate what we celebrate? You know, like Ronnie, that look, they don't care. They wouldn't care, I know. <laughs> they would never appreciate it, I know. They would never respond to that offer, I know. How do I know? Because I didn't either. I'm going to have to think about how many times did God come after me? How many times did God come after you? How many of us still hadn't got it? You know, there's a lot of us here uh, 
we grew up in a church, maybe you did, I, I didn't, but there's probably a time that we come in, we heard a message. Some of you may have walked an aisle. We might have raised a hand. I remember in church camp one time, I did go one time, I think, and I heard a guy say, man, if you'll sign this card, you won't go to hell. I said, give me the pen. Give me the pen. But how many of us have maybe drifted away from that reconciliation, the great truth that God's given us, that no matter who we are, where we are, where we've been, you got to get this. God never rescinds his offer. He never takes it back. And the cool thing is that when we're ready, whenever we're ready, his offer stands good. All we got to do is just receive it. It's a gift. Just take it. And that's it. But think about this as I just get ready to shut this down. What if, imagine if Faith Church took this gift that we found, this reconciliation, and we offered it to those around us. He's like, why should I do that? Let me tell you why you should do that. The reality is that the clock's ticking. And sooner or later, clocks stop. You know, sometimes I, I, most of you have heard bits and pieces of my story. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I had a, a, my biolog- biological father. He, he just walked away from our family when I was a year old. And I say that to let you know that, you know, I was adopted and had a great, great family and really loved me and, you know, had a lot of ups and downs, but that wasn't it. And I could deal with that, but I would always sometimes in this kind of season that we're in have to deal with that little bitty small hole of why a father would just walk away. Why? And, you know, the crazy, strange part about it was, you know, through the years, I, I never really knew what happened or anything and when I was in my late 20s I found out that this biological father of mine had lived within two miles of me three miles of me most of my life and I'm thinking why would you just not reach out and so I finally figured out where he lived and, and uh, you know, there were times when I was just I'd just drive by there I'd just drive by there and I, I never could get up the courage to just stop. You know, even after getting saved, even after being reconciled, I never could stop and make that connection. You know, so I never met him. The only time I ever really saw a picture of him was when I read his obituary. And I asked myself, why didn't I stop? And I'll leave you with a question because I've had to answer it quite a lot. God and sinners can be reconciled. Who are we to withhold the offer of reconciliation? To just make an offer. Man, you know how many times I wish I would stop that car just to make an offer. Not with a guarantee of anything not with any strings attached. Not that things are going to be made right. Not that there's going to be this big celebration. But if God laid out this groundwork, 
this blueprint, this path. Number one, who are we not to take it? And number two, why not offer it to others? Because most of the people I come in contact that come into Faith Church, or they're here because of a reason. I mean, a lot of them come in here and they're angry because they come from brokenness. A lot of them are hurt. A lot of them are confused. That's why we show up. So we can work through it together. But the challenge is and always be for us to balance our books because if God has made us right with him, we can celebrate that. But how about the offer to those around us? Just make an offer. Pray about it. Tying up some loose ends. Pray about that call, that conversation. Because if we offer it, you just never know. They just might receive it. And even if they don't, 